0: Two, one. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. If you're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic, why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense especially if your business sends more mail in packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking that trip. And you can get the discounts. You can't find anywhere else like up to 40% off USPS rates, and 76% off UPS. Going to the post office instead of using Stamps.com is kind of like taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Just going up a couple floors? Sure, take the stairs. Walking up 30 flights a day? You could use a break. If you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with mail and shipping, Stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money, you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. Save time and money this holiday season with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code POD for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code POD. P O D.
1: Daniel, we're back.
0: We are.
2: Woo!
1: Alex is in the background. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. You know, it's a nice day. I mean, you know, there's a lot of snow on the
2: ground. There is, but you know, yesterday was bad.
1: No, it was. It just did not. Was there freezing rain? I just knew it was
2: snowing nonstop. Okay, I get this feeling when um, I shovel. Yeah, and you look hours later, and then it looked like you didn't even do anything.
1: Yeah, that's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. Uh, speaking of bad feelings, Alex is not feeling 100% because he just got his booster shot. So he's, he's in the call, but he's not going to be uh, discussing the things we will be discussing today. First half of the show is going to be hockey talk. Second half, it may be even more than a half. It might be two-thirds of the show. We're going to be like, hardcore spoilers when the time comes. And we will say when it is becoming. Uh, becoming? What am I talking about? We're going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, because that was such a good movie. Out of context, spoiler on the screen now, don't worry, it's not what you think. I have the Lego Emperor with his nice. What set is that
2: from? That is
1: from My Death Star,
2: which was the set that was in the movie and has been in the past few movies. That was in um, Homecoming, right?
1: It was, and there was the Assassin Battle droid on the starship, which does not come with the set, so somebody decided to put that there for, maybe it's because around the Mandalorian time. I have a question. Was, yep. I know we're
2: going to talk about Spider-Man a yep. little later. Yeah. But in Homecoming, and you know, this is not a spoiler, this movie came out four years ago. <laughs> yeah, go watch Homecoming. But it's on Netflix. What did you feel like when Ned dropped the Death Star? <laughs> I kind of, I wanted to
1: turn the movie off. I didn't feel quite right. I felt like there wasn't enough respect given, especially, you know what, the spider sense was only sort of introduced into the the Holland movies in the second film, but I Mm -hmm. felt like seeing his prized thousands of pieces, Death Star about to hit the ground, I think it's around 4,000, I feel like Peter's spider sense should have kicked in right there and then, but massive mistake. It was like when um, there was that video going around on YouTube a couple of years ago of this obviously very rich person having a fully built Star Destroyer, the 4,000 beast one, and just throwing it off the second level of his house onto uh, the main level. I turned it off. I don't know. Because some people just have no respect for Lego, and it makes me sick. Anyway, I I don't want to say let's get hockey out the way because this is a hockey podcast, over 200 episodes of it. But let's talk about hockey here, Daniel. Because half of tonight's games that were originally scheduled have been postponed. Up to five teams right now, as of recording, have been shut down until after Christmas. That being Boston, Calgary, Florida, Nashville, mm-hmm. Colorado. 19 teams have players on COVID protocol. We're not going to go through every name. Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and Vancouver are all down to 50% capacity for home games now. Uh, I believe it's at right now around 13 officials are on COVID protocol.
2: Yeah. I think it's up to what, 35 now officials?
1: And last time I saw it was thirteen. Is it that? Is it thirty-five now? I believe so. So we're not in a good way right now, is the NHL? No, we're not. It's just sort of spreading the GM away, like trying to get to the Christmas break at this point. Like Montreal still have two games. I don't are the Leafs playing at all until Christmas or no? I'm getting a nod from 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 Alex. So what's so on? Assuming they must on. go home after their Seattle game, or maybe there's a game on the road. But it's not a good way right now, Daniel. Is it? It's a it's a big concerning Thursday versus St. Louis. Thank you, Alex.
2: Yeah, it's, um, and I know, like, these guys are always known for the jokes. The uh, Twitter account, um, hockey images that precede unfortunate events. Oh, yeah. And last night, they tweeted out basically just the schedule of the games yesterday. <laughs> <And that laughs> oh, was no. Angry.
1: And then you just kind of knew, right?
2: You just knew that. You know. Sorry,
1: it just—it had to be a pain for a lot of people involved, right? Because if you think about it, um, and as I say this, Daniel, you might want to just adjust your lighting. I am uh, doing my best for that. You're a bit funky, so I'll just kind of carry quickly as Daniel's fixing that. Um, So, for example, last night was supposed to – I think there were – of the five games that were supposed to be on hockey night, only – I think they lost three of them. So that means Sportsnet would have lost last night. Oh, sorry, they did lose Vancouver-Toronto – they lost a Saturday night, Saturday night game between Montreal and Boston. So I'm sure they weren't happy to lose that. Not to mention the revenue type of things. I Freeman was talking about that apparently the Habs average around $2.3 million gross. So they lost that against Philly because that game was obviously played without fans in the building. That's kind of quiet. And they're going to lose at least half of that for whenever this Boston game is done again. That's like, that's gonna be a hit to hockey reveal, like, revenue and you know escrow and the cap potentially going up next
2: year, which not looking great. Yeah, that's a huge chunk of you know the expected needed money that the NHL you know sorely sorely wanted in terms of that big announcement they had when they mentioned that this is where we are in terms of the revenue. You know escrow is not going to be here forever. We're gonna see the cap go up, and then these are the projected earnings we're gonna have. For a certain time And you know The five billion Not big in terms of What other leagues are doing But progress With what we wanted For the NHL And Right now It's just It, it Doesn't it feel like It doesn't it feel like When We just went back To online school And then The NHL just shut down And then It's all Happening Again
1: I don't feel that Deep of dis- Despair I'm mm. not at that point uh, no, I'll tell you. The day before we went to the no, sorry, the day we went to the movies, a lot of us, my family and I, just sort of went around and you know we were getting gathering some materials because I said, okay, let's go out and let's get a new thing of toilet paper and all this type of stuff because you know people are gonna. We didn't get like six things, but we got one package because I'm not. We're not maniacs in in this household, um, but we we got prepared just in case because it in that sense. But you know, it, it's still. I think what helps is. The thing of vaccines and all the players that are on COVID protocol, they're mild symptoms at least. No one yeah. is getting seriously, seriously sick. So I think that kind of helps it. It's not really just this, the world has shut down in the 24 hours and maybe we're just so used to that online life right now. But uh, and the, the Rottweiler, especially making noise, he's not happy about it either. I'm happy being inside. No, he's not. Too bad he's got to deal with it because we're recording he went on this big walk in the the Rouge yesterday I don't know why he's been so lippy he got a, a great time yesterday because
2: you okay this is why you you gave him a huge expectation already yeah yesterday and he's like hey where's the walk today
1: well you know what Teasel? you can just calm down and let us record yeah <laughs> we're not going to spend way too much too much time like 40 50 minutes talking about Kobe, because we've been mentioning it you know sprinkled throughout the last couple of weeks uh, and it is not just so we can get to spider-man quicker I swear. Uh, But one thing we will definitely mention is right now it looks like the National Football League the NFL, you might have heard of them um, pretty big deal in North America So apparently now if you're a double-vaxxed athlete and you're asymptomatic I did it uh, they won't be testing those players anymore Now, listen no matter your stance on that I think we can all agree that everyone here like people get vaccinated and let's kind of be cautious here It's very difficult, Daniel, to see the Canadian government letting people in that are asymptomatic, especially if they are still, you know, positive for COVID. They've been very strict with the borders.
2: Yeah, it's something that uh, I was kind of iffy about that. I know it's not as severe as we saw, but you don't know the risk they pose. Um, If I'm going to look at, like, I guess, a micro level of things, there's concerns right now at Shoppers Drug Marts in the downtown core that basically the Ontario government said, hey, you can get your booster shot, you can get your test right here at Shoppers, um, and you don't always have to do an appointment. And I think there was a pharmacist that did quit over concerns that, you know, there's these people that are going to be asymptomatic, and maybe they're not really feeling it, but they're just going to be allowed to go as they please in these public areas, not knowing who they're going to infect, not knowing who they're going to speak to. And mm-hmm. to see that on like a bigger level right now with the border is... This is definitely concerning. I know that they're, they're thinking about that for the athletes, for the staff, but that's a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's much more of a struggle, and people have talked about this, that the, the big sort of roadblock for the NHL is, listen, the NBA has one Canadian team, the NFL doesn't have any, and the NHL has seven Seven Canadian teams, and it just—it probably doesn't help them that you know it's all their most of them are their big money makers too. I was just like I'm sure the last thing the league want right now is to have their two bigs money makers just slash their their money too. So, um, it's it's it it's so frustrating too, just like as Ontarians right now that you know they're trying like it feels like every time we go into lockdown, it's like well you're a couple months late here if we really wanted to start flattening the curve here. It's also very frustrating when you see the states just don't care about COVID. Yeah. And it's like I I, I watch the games and I see Carrie, please stop whining. I know you're not happy about COVID either. None of us are. Sorry for the dog. Um, what's 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 rough is you watch a fly I was watching a bit of the Sens Flyers game yesterday. And I just see like there's this row of Flyers fans. I'm thinking to myself, why is not everyone wearing masks there? And you realize in the States, like there are so many parts of, of 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 the US that are like, ah, COVID's done. You don't have to wear a mask. And you want to pull your hair out at it. And then here we are in, in, um, in Canada, here in Ontario. And it's like, yeah, again, arena restrictions slashed in half. Um, you can't go dancing for people who like doing that. You can't attend like movie theaters are getting slashed. Can't eat in Uh, there anymore. Yeah. I was really concerned that that was going to be brought into effect immediately. And I couldn't get my popcorn at the movie theater, but luckily I did.
2: Um, And your two drinks.
1: And my yeah, yeah, well, you're welcome for that extra drink, Daniel. You you cheeky man. Anyway, what a great movie. We're going to talk about Spider-Man, Daniel. How could you?
2: I'm sorry. I know we keep it. It's just a
1: frustrating time, COVID. It's just, it's not even fear anymore. Like when the world first first shut down March nearly two years ago. It's just annoyance now.
2: I don't remember my previous life anymore.
1: I remember very little. Of what it was like hanging out with people and that, like seeing you guys again was like this is kind of weird.
2: It was weird, nice,
1: but it's weird. No, yeah. it's rough, man. It's really, really rough. I I don't know what the league are gonna do now. I know, in like last night on, on the hockey night broadcast, they were mentioning um the the stay at home mini series that were happening. Yeah. Like you're sort of, I remember screaming about that to start the year, why they should have kept that. It was good for travel. It was easier for the players. And apparently and we still don't have taxi squads and maybe like people saying that's not going to stop them. You know, it, it prevents, you know, with short handed rosters and that some teams get to vote to play or not. Some aren't players like Nick Cousins calling for the season to, to go on a pause. Jonathan Druin doesn't feel safe. I don't know, man. Like, do they go back to the North division in that? Like, what do you do?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's just because right now you have a bunch of guys that are asymptomatic. You're going to have to assess a lot of them in the coming weeks. And you. I guess you're just going to have to have a, I guess, what we said before, like a more isolating plan in terms of maybe we have to go back to those types of divisions. And listen, it's weird now because I remember two weeks, two, three weeks ago, we were speaking about the bigger picture with hockey in 2022. We we're talking about the Olympics and now it's just even, you know, the regular season games are struggling to are struggling to even happen. And, uh, you know, we talk about hockey, we talk about the NHL, but we could all even even say U sports, the OUA. There are no games from last week until yeah. the end of January right now. And that's also, something that's highly contained within their certain divisions.
1: The, the leaguer, it seems like we're going, I mentioned this last episode, but back to the sort of ground zero protocols. And I like, if you're a player and it's again, like, uh, like I understand this hundred percent again, perspective here. Imagine if you're a player and this is going to be a second straight year where the league is telling you, Hey there, I don't think this part's f- like official, but you know what? You can't see your family again for Christmas or something. It's a very difficult situation for the league right now. Um, I don't know where they go either, Daniel. But, listen, I like how they do the testing. I'm not like Steve Eiserman saying, I don't get why we're testing guys with no symptoms. Well, what are you thinking? Carrie, please don't jump on the window. She's attacking the blinds. How could you? But, hey, um, we'll talk about this another day hopefully and you know what daniel i find it hilarious when people are like so now the the players you know if they want rescheduled games they have to agree not go to the olympics i just Mm kind of laugh like shut up like who actually can if that's a leverage point to the league right now by the way that it's we're going to reschedule this games and pause for your safety and ours Mm -hmm. if you don't go to the olympic if that's the case the league should just really look in the mirror that and I don't know how many people are still thinking the, the Olympics are a possibility. Maybe Steven Stamkos and that's it. Because I think Canada are, may not be going to the Spangler Cup, I think it was reported earlier. Yeah, that was game. also
2: something that was a level of concern. Because a lot of those guys are coming from other countries as well. Where yeah. It's not just one singular continent either sometimes.
1: It's just like, oh, here's David DeHarnay coming from the Swiss League. And then Claude Julien's coming from wherever he is. And and all those likes, all those likes.
2: Any. Anyway. I know, like half the team last year, not last year, like when it did happen. Um, they were like most of them from the KHL as well. So yeah, that's a, that's something too.
1: I haven't looked at the way that Russia have handled COVID. I remember it wasn't great before, so I'm sure you want extra caution there. Okay. Next, Paul Maurice surprisingly steps down as head coach of the Jets. Now, I saw a Jets Nation thing the night before that was, it's time to move on from Paul Maurice. And there it is. I know the story right now is very much the Paul Maurice goes out on you know he on his terms, quoting that, you know, the guys didn't give up on me, the team he means. Um, they just need a different voice. But Daniel, I'll tell you what I like about this is that Paul Maurice has just played his cards perfectly. Whether he meant to do this or not, if the Jets weren't turning their game around, a.k.a. Blake Wheeler's out, wasn't scoring before. I think he had one goal by the time he got hurt. Shifley was starting to pick it up, but anyway. If the Jets had continued to sort of start middling out as they were, Palmer mm-hmm. Reese was going to get fired, right?
2: Yeah, I thought so-, so. Um, I think that this team, it's weird to say that they peaked when they made it to the conference finals because they're so talented that... Ooh. They have so many great players and they just seem to never really come together and make that that strong, long run again.
1: Well, it doesn't help when you lose Ben Chirot.
2: Of course, yeah. That I was mean, you know, factor.
1: forget about Dustin Bufflin, you know, that guy, but Ben Chirot, you know, it doesn't help when you lose half your defense, right?
2: But that was the thing too, like I felt with them is that they lost half their defense in the offseason and then they gradually... Were able to rebuild it, and then they were able to solve that secondary scoring at least on paper. On paper, they were able to solve it, and it still just seemed like they were the same team.
1: I think if the Jets don't make, I, I don't get the sense that this is what Chipman is thinking, the owner of the Jets. For those of you who don't know, do you not also have a kind of a look at Chevaldehov's job here? Like I was already saying, he should have been canned from the Kyle Beach stuff. I think he got kind, of, kind of lucky that his name wasn't more in that general block report. But, you know, I, I know people were going on about how they've won the line A trade. Even though line has been like hurt this year and he hasn't really played in that. We haven't really seen line A true form. But and like Dubois has been great for them. But I still can't get over the fact that Blake Wheeler has that contract and the loyalty. See, if Paul Maurice had been fired, I think his legacy would have been his his kind of blind loyalty to Shifley and Wheeler. You know what I mean? But what he kind of did, and just sort of taking it back to Maurice here, is the way that he sort of stepped down is he's never looked better to people. Like, I think I've especially kind of been questioning his ability as a coach. Not saying he's a bad coach at all, but just where is he? Is he a... Hell of a regular season coach, you know, does he sort of not know how to make adjustments in that? Or whatever sort of questions you might have about Paul Maurice, he sort of saved it in a very humble sort of press conference. And do you remember, this may have been at the start of last season, when a reporter in a press conference with Paul Maurice was asking about Blake Wheeler. And Maurice just, he took it personally. He's like, he's point per game, 11 games in. You're You're egging my captain. And I'm offended. He actually said he was offended. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, I remember that.
1: So I think Paul Maurice has sort of saved his reputation here. I'm not saying it was completely like this was sort of this 4D chess move from from Paul Maurice. Mm -hmm. But I think he played his cards very, very well. Because everyone's all of a sudden like Paul Maurice is great. He's going to get a job in no time. I believe he's probably stressed out. He's almost like the second longest tenured coach in the league.
2: But, yeah, he's he's been there a while. Like that's something too I found with Paul Maurice when we talk about how he is with his players, how long he's been able to do this job is he was afforded. I don't want to say like a longer leash, but he was like afforded more possibilities and opportunities for him to kind of implement his coaching style there, and I think that yeah, he got to go out on his own terms, from what we know. This is from what we know. He got mm-hmm. to go out on his own terms. And yeah, he just it's just something now that what happens now? Because it wasn't like a dramatic thing. It wasn't something where it's like, yeah, this team bottomed out and it's time to fix everything. It's just, you know, they need the adjusting and he knew it.
1: mm mm-hmm. You know, I was having a discussion with a buddy of mine. He's like, man, I don't know if Paul Maurice, you know, I think he was a good Buddy Robinson? Not Buddy, no, not Buddy Robinson. A buddy of mine, like, he was like, yeah, Paul Maurice did it. And I kind of questioned, like, remember that famous John Tortorella quote? He's like, you know, as a head coach, you got to get your best players to play, right? I wonder if also some lines in the sand with Maurice this season, if he was eventually fired, was, you know, Shifley wasn't performing to start. Blake Wheeler hadn't. Um, like uh, I'm gonna ignore the Kyle Connor is tied tenth in scoring right now, selectively. But like how the Patrick lineup, so I still want to know what happened behind the scenes there. I think there's there's some questions and again the smokescreen. Great Pokemon move, lower the uh, evasiveness of your opponent uh, or accuracy. Sorry, but yeah, um, I'll tell you who doesn't need accuracy boost though. Alex Ovechkin, smooth transition there. Didn't even mean to do that. Wow. Uh, he is third in scoring right now in the NHL. He has 47 points. He's two points back of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Not 30 goals Imagine Magic. 22 goals right now. I am saying it right now. My early season MVP is Alexander Ovechkin.
2: Yeah, I can agree with that. Especially Go. who's been able to do the way Washington's rosters looked
1: man okay so you for those of you who didn't see this so tj yoshi it's not well he just got put on protocol today uh so nick backstrom hadn't played at all this year because he was uh, that nagging hip injury first game back assists on an ovechkin power play goal poetry in motion right they even do that what's that it's this new tiktok thing of like it's the the people nodding their head and then yeah, the yeah, to the side I, I don't know how you describe it because i don't know how that works but And it was like when you get to play with your bestie again, and it's Backstrom with Ovechkin. He plays the one game, does great, and then Backstrom's back on COVID protocol, and he's not playing.
2: It's so unfortunate. Like, man, Washington season, like they've stayed afloat, but just the unfortunate things that are happening to them.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for them. All right. Speaking of which, since I have it up, Carrie, do not eat the cans of Pepsi. Anyway, uh, cans of Pepsi. What?
2: Cans of Pepsi.
1: You know, it's just a its a recycling bag I have. Uh, sponsored
2: kidding. by Pepsi? No.
1: I wish. Hopefully. Get, One day. Can we get sponsored by Lego, please? I will build all the sets and put them in the background if you want. I'm begging we'll,
2: you. We'll build the sets and Idol. we'll drink Pepsi during you the. Uh, no, no, no. I'll. I'll, I'll oh,
1: Mountain Dew sponsor us for a Halo double XP anyway, right. anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so here are your top 10 scores in the league Tied 10th, uh, Sebastian Aho, Kyle Connor, John Tavares. Pretty good. Uh, Tied. I don't like the way the ESPN have this, because it's 10, and then it's, here is four players tied for six, but it's technically six through nine. Uh, Tied six, uh, Matthews, Kaprizov, Panarin, Huberto, Stamkos, or Stamkos is fifth, sorry. Fourth, Nazem Kadri. Contract year? very. They get paid. I was. I didn't think he'd get like that eight million dollar deal. I think he is now. And then obviously Ovechkin and Dry and then McDavid Oilers. Fun win against Seattle last night. Eh? I was, are
2: they surprised. getting Kaji?
1: I mean, you know, we've had Seattle. <laughs> no, I don't think that goes. Or do you mean Edmonton? Because <laughs> they don't need him. But is that what you're saying? Edmonton's gonna. Wait, where are you going there? You don't know? Okay, well, I fair. don't know. Okay, Daniel, I don't know why you wanted to talk about this so badly, but Robbie Fabry signs a (laughs) three-year contract extension with the Detroit Red Wings. It's worth $12 million. That's a $4 million AAV. If you're curious about comparables, there's Jonas Donskoy and Alex Alafalo, Two players I don't think he's as good as. So go ahead.
2: What do you want to say? Okay, two things. Every time we say Alex Alafalo reminds me of saying Alex I want to follow so it's like Alex please follow his Twitter this Alex our Alex but okay. again so for Robbie Fabry I don't know like I know Alex <laughs> our Alex put that in the doc but you oh, know was that Alex? the definition of a comeback kid am I right after two surgeries two seasons removed um, from being a real junior legend and then St. Louis gives up on him
1: it is very much and a, he does
2: well you know what did they trade they traded jacob de la rose for him
1: i think yeah because it was that i remember at the time the trade was oh here's eisen making a really nice move i just i think it's an overpayment but it's it's very much uh, i could i could have seen him getting flipped for an asset but i mean detroit want to play meaningful games right so mm-hmm. I don't have much to say on this. Again, I think it's a bit rich, but like, who cares? You're Detroit. Like, who are you really paying that this is going to affect? You can move this in the last year of your deal if you're really strapped to sign. Like, I don't exactly know if they're they should be three year deals, but like Raymond and Sider, uh, maybe. But I, it's not an issue. It's Detroit. Iserman, I trust him. I just I don't know. I don't agree with this COVID opinions, but yeah. as a GM, I trust him.
2: It's it's a. It's a good one because Robbie Ferbey is the example of those undersized guys that people still take a chance on, skilled guy, yeah. and then he was able to remodel himself after all the injuries. So we like him for that. We wish him the best, and congrats on the extension.
1: Yeah, no, he is a good story. It, it's good to know that he came back, to rehab, all that kind of stuff. You know, I'll, be, I'll give him credit there. Sure, I just, it just, it felt a little out of thing. being like, all right, so here we are, COVID. A coach, Robbie Faber, mm. the Detroit Redmix. But, hey, congratulations. I wish I had that much money. Anyway, uh, moving to the Leafs and the Habs here. The Leafs, the it's weird. They haven't played, I think, since we last recorded.
2: No, they have not.
1: So, uh, really, it's first off, they're getting hit by COVID, too. Sheldon Keefe's in there, John Tavares, uh, Kerfoot I know I'm forgetting I think Campbell's in there Simmons could be forgetting another guy but they're getting hit they're getting hit like everyone else Uh, I was really really excited for that Vancouver game like wouldn't have been able to watch it because you know like well no because originally it was Montreal where they knew we're done so I was obviously excited because I've been watching Vancouver lately
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I put in the notes if it happens it didn't Um, so the only thing we can really talk about, uh, Jason Spezza's suspension is lowered from six games to four. Uh, the commissioner obviously had that first appeal, um, or directed to the commissioner and Gary Bettman's two big reasonings to lowering it was a, uh, Spezza's clean history in his 1300 game career, uh, fair. And the second being that, and this one is kind of garbage that Pionk was not hurt longer.
2: Don't know. Okay. I, I mean, like, how are you going to able to assess that, like, in the moment? But okay.
1: If you want proof that the league don't care about concussions,
2: just look at that. But it's weird. It's I know this is ironic because they're not playing. But you know, he already missed the four games, and then he's just going to miss these other two games, anyways.
1: Well, he'll get like twenty thousand dollars back because, yeah. or like two two thousand, maybe. I don't know. This league is dumb. I don't like it. It's surprising that Gary went back on it, but I don't know.
2: It was well, a veteran is, guy, and I got to take care of the veteran guys.
1: Does he care about Jason Spezza?
2: I don't know. Honestly? Maybe not. All right. Alex is nodding no. So I agree no, with Alex.
1: Whatever. I I don't know what else to talk about with the Leafs.
2: Just like, It's th- bad. Like, I think, wait, yeah, Spezza, TJ Brody, Travis Dermott, Yeah, that was the other one, yeah. Sheldon yeah. Keefe, they're all on protocol as well. So, yeah. like half the team.
1: Yeah, no, fair enough. So, I we mean, might
2: see Brett Senny on Thursday.
1: I refuse to believe that. I know. I don't want it. I don't want it. Get Taxi Squads. Brett Senny, um,
2: Alex Steves, and Christians Rubens.
1: Fair enough. Chris, big guy, Christians Rubens. Uh, Montreal, obviously, Boston game didn't happen. Tier Philly game happened. No fans in the stands. You see, apparently Caulfield's dad was at the game. He was supposed to go to the game.
2: Yeah, that's sad.
1: <laughs> that is unfortunate. Um, but we can talk about Montreal's game against Philly. They won! Their seventh win of the season. <laughs> and I believe in them. Nearly Christmas. Uh congrats to Laurent Dauphin. Um, you know, he scored. That was wait, 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 wait a minute. Do I not talk about this last game?
2: The last I podcast?
1: Or I thinking? believe
2: you did, yes, because we talked about Michael McCarron. You
1: know. Why am I putting Laurent Dauphin on this? Because I have no idea why I would mention it. He cost
2: it. the Habs a first-round pick.
1: I mean, sure, Laurent, good for Laurent Dauphin. I don't even remember. Uh, the big story was Keaton Primo was called up for this game mm-hmm. and this game only for some reason. Uh, I thought had this pretty solid game. Second goal was a bit soft, but then he stops everyone in the shootout. Uh Druin gets the game winner. But the real story here, Daniel, is uh, Cole Caulfield had a hell of a game. And have you seen that first power play unit that he's on now?
2: Yeah, see what happens when you give him the time, give him the opportunities.
1: So Sherrod's the QB on it. Left okay. half wall is Caulfield. Other one is Hoffman. Uh, Suzuki in the slot. And I think at first it was Paling, then Druin was net front. And they've been good. The goal is coming, but he was playing really, really well. Only played like fifteen minutes because Dom Ducharme hates him. But yeah,
2: no, he just he's he's keeping us on our toes, not knowing what he's actually gonna do. So, you know, that's how I see it. Because sometimes when I remember I told you this when I was looking at their lines, their first line, I'm like, this team is just gonna back check. I can't see anybody on the first line shooting it.
1: Yeah, and then that's that second unit is awful. I don't know; it's still very questionable, and I think. I can't remember who it was. It, it was um, Perot and someone else is on IR now. Lekanen has COVID. Um, so the the injuries are, I think it was Armia was put on IR as well. So the, the Habs and their their health is just deep. The other thing with Montreal is they haven't been super hit by COVID. Obviously, they lost Nico and Gallagher for a bit, and now Lekkanen's there. But normal injuries, too, they have just been. We've talked about it. They've been ravaged. They've been absolutely ravaged. Um, it's for Sheen and, Wright. Don't worry. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about Spider Man now?
2: <laughs> Sorry, that transition made me laugh.
1: Yeah, just okay. Yeah, is. you
2: know the injuries in Montreal, Spider Man. Yeah. Okay.
1: It's it's not a. It's just you know. Yes, for next episode,
2: ridiculous. we'll get Alex's thoughts on this as well.
1: Okay. Yeah, because it's a yeah. good movie. Okay. So this was a real okay. So spoiler alert for Spider Man: No Way Home. Like, seriously, even if you're like... What know, is I, home?
2: See ya there. there you go. Be, be spoiled I
1: don't know bit. how many people are listening to this wanting to listen to a Spider-Man review from a hockey podcast, but if you want to watch this movie, you're going to. I implore you to delete social media and not listen to this. Never in my life have I wanted someone to experience a movie more than this one. It was so good. So, spoiler alert. Upcoming, I'm going to count from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Five, four, three, two, one, and zero. I can't believe Tony Stark came back from the dead. That did not happen, but that was a fake spoiler for any <laughs> of you who are still there. Don't worry about it. Anyway, Daniel, what a film. What a movie. How good was that?
2: Okay, so I guess I love. I love the Spider-Man. Well, I just love Spider-Man in general, but I've loved Tom Holland Spider-Man ever since Michael Keaton was the Vulture. Fair enough, because um, he's the original and only Batman. Yeah. But, anyways, um, yeah, it was it was something that I went into like because I've I've read the Multiverse comic book. Yeah, um, I've watched Into the Spider-Verse. Um, I've I've loved all of that growing up. So mm-hmm. I was excited for this, but the thing I didn't think would hit me over the (laughs) the emotional ups and downs where i'm like well did they actually add these to the movie where not just the big reveals for things but also just like the throwbacks for the older movies where they kind of address like the the public consciousness if this makes sense of this -hmm. is what we thought about the movies so before we get into the specifics
1: here like first thing I want to know, and this is kind of a weird way to start. What did you think of some of the character designs? Because they obviously fixed the lizard to look a little not awful.
2: Yeah, uh, and he could I, talk. What?
1: Yeah, I, I, thought, threw me the, off. Yeah, I thought the, the dinosaur can talk. Like, I think um, Sandman CGI looked a lot cooler than it did, obviously, in the originals. Electro looked pretty sick, too. He didn't look like a plasma boy.
2: Yeah, they apparently, yeah, that was the big thing they wanted not make him part of the blue band group this time.
1: Maybe that's why they didn't try and bring back. Um, they didn't bring back Harry from the the Garfield ones because he looked so weird. Would oh yeah. I
2: remember that one, one where are yeah. just, okay. There was another character that was missing there that I know it was going to be for the jokes, but yeah, you're right. The Harry one, Dyke like... wouldn't it be funny if they had, well, I mean, you know, James Franco is kind of a, in the public <laughs> eye right now, not the best, but I'm like, if you had, you know, Toby Maguire, Harry, and then Andrew Garfield, Harry. And
1: like, then it's that, like, that what's going on here? I mean, you know, I I think he could have left. I don't think they've done it very well in either movie. He was fine in, like, the Raimi ones, but okay. First off, I want to get this out the way because I want to talk about the good stuff in this movie, but I want to get out some of the stuff that I didn't think worked. Okay? okay. And, okay, first off, I thought the tone was a bit messy sometimes. Because, so obviously... Garfield and Maguire show up the scene after Aunt May Aunt May dies. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, and like that's a great way to like get you feeling great in the movie, you know, Aunt May just died, you're really, really sad, it was really, really good and all that. Um, but there were jokes right away now like Did you need to do that? I thought that was a bit off.
2: They didn't um, let it breathe, if that makes sense. Yeah, they didn't let the Aunt May thing breathe.
1: Yeah. It was you know, you felt horrible because you know, Happy's there and he's telling Peter to run, but yeah, you needed a bit more. Um, like you were maybe expecting Peter, like, I don't know, swing away, he falls into a trash can, something that feels Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Um, I still don't know why Doctor Strange decided to mess with time. There was that throwaway line about, like, some party, but he threw away half the universe in Infinity War, because it was the best way. And he yeah. just helped a kid, because I ah, felt bad. Like, Stephen Strange, if you've read the comics, Daniel, you have, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He's basically a magical Tony Stark isn't and he's a dick.
2: Yeah, he's not a good guy. I mean, but that's the thing. He's like, he's mean, but he's responsible. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, that's massive. I remember Tony from Homecoming, you know, he, I mean, like he matured since the older Iron Man's, but like at this point in time, after everything that has happened or is going to happen as well, Tony is still responsible.
1: Yeah. He takes the suit away from Peter. Yeah. And he's like, it's a homeless thing. It's more than suit. I just didn't, I don't get what strange his motivations were there. I just I don't know I just I didn't like it I didn't really I, also why can Ned use magic? Like I haven't seen Doctor Strange so maybe there's an explanation, but I I didn't get that. Can like just everyone use magic if they have like a ring? Like why could Ned use magic? Why?
2: I know what you mean. Other than like, I, I knew this in the trailers already. Like I watched the f- the first trailer, the teaser trailer. Yeah. When they explained like, oh, this is what happens. I was a, I was expecting it's funny. Like we love this movie, but we're just starting off with this. But oh,
1: it, this yeah. is like my favorite Marvel movie. I, like, let's make that clear. This is a great movie, but okay, okay. nitpicking.
2: Um, I think the nitpicking has to do with I just came in expecting they were gonna explain or elaborate more on why did he decide to help Peter with this, right? Like, like we talk about like so many of the throwbacks to the Avenger movies for Infinity War. It's like, you know how many things happened there and that's why they had to decide on things. It's not just like his one kid was having a bad time.
1: Ah, Wayne, he's been through enough. Like what? Like, like like Tony, even when he had a soft spot for the kid, would have drawn the line. And like you saw how at odds, Strange and, and Tony were, but they had an understanding. Maybe he kind of saw how much Peter meant to him and there was that sort of reference. But you know, there's like Iron Man is very much was like, that was last movie. So maybe they wanted to get away with that, but I just I didn't think. Uh, Faking out the Tobey Maguire death, I was kind of like, okay, weird. We're at the end of the film. Do we need to joke about him getting stabbed? You know that was the uh,
2: sorry, sorry. That was the same. Like if you listen to it, that's the same sound and reaction. That remember when Harry gets stabbed by Venom? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: But hey, um, I thought the Miles Morales reference was a bit hmm. Like I get why you can't bring an animated. Plus, I'm pretty sure they've mentioned the multiverse in the spot. I haven't seen the Miles Morales ones, but I get why you can't bring an animated character. Even though maybe you could just mess around, and be like, "Oh, here's Childish Gambi," you know, because he wanted to play him. But like yeah. the whole thing of like, I was hoping you'd be black. I was kind of like, okay, all right. I have a
2: funny joke about sorry when you mentioned Donald Glover. Yeah. So that was a uh, when before they rebooted Spider-Man after um, Sony and Marvel started to share, like decided to share like the film rights.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Donald Glover was supposed to be the guy that succeeded Andrew Garfield. But the thing is, people got the rumor wrong where they put Danny Glover. Is supposed <laughs> to be the next. Spider- <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, we all know who he is. But like, you know, the old guy in um, from Saw in,
1: and uh, in yeah. Lethal Weapon. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, listen, yeah, that's why I referenced yeah. I don't know why I called him Childish Game. I don't know, does he even go by that still? I know.
2: He saw his, He has that. He has Troy Barnes.
1: What, what, no one needs that many names. Anyway, no, it was a bit like... It's a it's like, character ooh. community. But like, you could have Black Spider... Like, that clip of, of Stan Lee going around saying the best thing we did, and it was by accident, was we made the Spider-Man costume cover every all the skin, so it could be anyone behind the suit. It was just kind of like, oh. Okay. This is a bit of a it was a bit of an awkward joke. I was kind of like, uh ah. There were some laughs in the theater I'm Like, I didn't find that very funny.
2: But Fun uh, fact with that. Tom McFarlane, because he's the guy who also worked on Spider-Man in the 80s. He was actually yeah. the guy that created, like, Venom. Well, he helped... He bought the rights to Venom, and then he put him in the comic books. Yeah. Um, he said that about when he created Spawn, where he wanted the whole suit to cover it, because you wouldn't know who the guy is.
1: I like it. I like like, you know. But it, it was just a bit... That one joke was like, mm, okay.
2: Yeah. I think it was it was a fan service in a way because I think there is that high to it. Like miles, like it exceeds it, it is in the pop culture of it, of like the comics and the movies, but it it exceeds it. Like miles represents something else that I think that people just, even if it's not going to be, you know, a live action feature miles introduced in this movie, it's, it's to keep that idea alive that they could do that after because I don't I I'm a big Miles Morales fan like I'm a huge Miles Morales yeah and like into the Spider-Verse is probably one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. and that's probably my favorite Spider-Man movie and I know that's crazy because we're talking about Spider-Man which is probably one of the best right now but Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's something or it's like for me it's just if there was a bit of a follow-up to it like that's what I was going to think about in the end credits
1: Fair, and we're going to get to that in a second because I thought the Doctor Strange trailer was kind of weird. Um, so that okay, this film had the Spider Man 3, the same Raimi one. I don't think you needed Flint Marco, and I kind of don't get why he didn't trust Peter because you saw what had like Doc Ock was saved, like he was cool again. Yeah, Flint Marco's saying is, Yeah, he wants to get back to his daughter, but it would not be the the Flint Marco thing to do would to be like help Spider-Man in that. Like I, I don't know. I just I didn't think he kind of needed him to be around, especially I, I like Flint Marco. I like Sandman, but I just I didn't think he was needed. It was kind of like, I is the movie any different if you take out Flint Marco? Uh,
2: the Electro yeah. fight goes
1: a little different at the start, but, you know,
2: I think they want to represent all three movies. That's why.
1: Yeah, but you uh, fair but you cuz maybe Topher
2: grace didn't want to come back and be the fake venom.
1: I don't think they needed Topher grace to come back and be the fake venom. I don't think they needed that at all. Um
2: and yeah I think this- for me okay like that's the one thing um that like I'm nitpicking here right now, right? Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just I got to like, you know, you got to go all in with this if you're going to do it like this. You have to have everybody back. All the Harrys, fake venom.
1: Yeah.
2: Um who else am I missing here? um rhino
1: raya Rh- yeah, rhino um
2: yeah, i think that's uh right? weird electro from homecoming remember he was there briefly
1: yes not Electro. You'll shocker forget. shocker sorry don't forget shocker. there's also a mysterio there's the there were the there were the um the storyboards for mysterio in the same rainy one he was gonna be that weird maitre d Yeah. But it never happened. But alright. Um and sorry this last thing that I was kinda like this has nothing to do with the movie. Uh I don't want to see this new Doctor Strange movie. Because it's like, okay, so there's the Fallout from this film, WandaVision, which I haven't seen, nor will I. And maybe there's Loki I haven't seen Loki, I want to. I'm a bit concerned oh, here's evil Doctor Strange. That's so comic book, but I'm like, I don't want that.
2: That's that's worrying me. I'm not gonna see it, but we'll see it. Like, okay, so when the world is safe again. The three of us are gonna watch it on a Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. It's a great movie. Let's talk about the good stuff. He mentioned fan service. I think this was fan service done right so yeah. many ways. Like, they acknowledged Toby Maguire's natural webbing, which is always really, really weird. They mentioned his back. <laughs> Like the Spider-Man Was it Spider-Man 3 where it was like They accused him of having a bad Or he claimed he had a bad back and that's why he was There was like scheduling stuff about him Not coming back for Spider-Man 3 That was good Daredevil Was just there
2: oh that was amazing By the way that was because uh, they already Had like Matt Murdock was going to return In like the cinematic Universe not just in the show Yeah so they're like Just hint it was great for me
1: so, I didn't, I haven't seen Daredevil. I obviously know who Daredevil is. So, I, I, I nudged Daniel. I'm like, is that that's Daredevil, right? But the, the crowd were
2: going wild for that. Fun fact. Um, yep. With this, it's going to connect all of us right now. Well, probably mostly me. Yep. <laughs> but the, I forgot his name, but the guy who is, who controls his armory in Daredevil, who's also like his partner. Yeah. Well, not that he controls the army. Sorry, I'm thinking of Punisher, but the guy who is his partner in Daredevil. Is played by the actor that plays Fulton in the Mighty Ducks. Oh,
1: small World, The Mighty yeah. Ducks. Um, I liked the Norman Osborne's reference to I'm a bit of a scientist myself.
2: Oh, I love that one. That <laughs> that's so like cute. that's one of the memes you don't see too often anymore, but it's just in like
1: It's there. It's
2: it's there. You you know it. You when you see it, you see it.
1: hmm Um Andrew Garfield Spider Man saving MJ the mega for Gwen was so good, okay, so this good. Like,
2: okay this is like it is one segment i really want to focus on is yeah. the andrew garfield spider-man because i think i referenced so it You're so good and I, I referenced it when uh we were in the theater that everyone is loving andrew garfield but i remember when amazing spider-man 2 came out and i watched it with my friends probably like a week or two after mm-hmm. and maybe we just watched it on an off day we watched like a wednesday afternoon but mm-hmm. there was no one else in the theater and this was like this was like IMAX. No one else was in the theater, and everybody just brushed that movie aside and said, like, we got to reboot the franchise. Yeah. But f- this is my opinion. I think Andrew Garfield is an amazing Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. um, he's a great Spider-Man, but' did, it was called,' yeah, spider man Spider-Man, but hey, yeah, he just didn't have it in place. Like, I, I like to reference him as Marion Gabrick in 2004.
1: Well, I think listen, his acting, I think he did a good job. But they framed him and again, I'm not a fan of the Amazing Spider-Man movies a lot. I don't love them, but like he's a good actor. He's great. And like well, the thing with with him is like in this movie he they made him such a dork, which is great because I think a knockback I kind of had is they made him a skater boy in the origin in the, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. I'm like that's not Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. like you know that's the thing you got to be careful with when you're adapting comic books is comic book nerds are you know i'm a manga fan so mm. like trust me i know all about criticizing an adaptation um but like you got to be careful with that not to mention i don't think it may and been um and um sorry and ben parker were done great with him but like there was a lot wrong with the way those movies were written and like how his parents were still alive
2: i was like Yeah, what that, that part is just like i don't like that part but in terms of like but he was the great. Character. In, he's in great. No he's way great. Home. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's I, He was great.
2: I like to, agree, like, I think it's just maybe I did watch it at a formative time in my life mm-hmm. when I was younger. But I think for Amazing Spider Man, I think I related more with the Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I know it's not like comic book accurate, but I think it's just for the time the way per- they portrayed him. And I think that, you know, when you have your own, I guess, personal connections to a character, I think I related the most to andrew garfield because i think when i first watched the toby Maguire ones i just i didn't i know i i I was never really good in my science classes um and he was just a bit older right he was a lot older and then i think andrew garfield like i think like he, he is older than me but it's like the point in my time like in my life when that movies came out i think like not the movies itself, but the character is just the one where I'm like I identify as that, with that Spider Man a lot.
1: I you know I you're a few years older than me, but like yeah, I grew right. up with Sam Those are my movies. But I think what kind of especially the original one that might throw people off, and people make fun of Toby Maguire's Cry Face. I think it's a product <laughs> of making it. You know what? One Piece is a manga I love, and when you can get away with a manga and then an anime and the animation or the, the goofy facial expressions. I wonder if part of Toby's sort of wild like uh, aneurysms is is very trying to be very accurate to the panel of a comic, and I wonder if that's almost sometimes a detriment to his performance. But uh, that you know anyway. Sort of going back, we will talk about the Spider Man's in a second here. Uh, last thing that I really liked fan service, and we're gonna get some more really really good stuff. But it's to do with fan service. I love musical cues so much. Mm-hmm. So when Peter Toby Peter was talking to Doc Ock and Flint Marco, when they played his theme. What a nice touch that was!
2: Yeah, I loved it. Mm,
1: just, uh, it just it's nothing
2: new because, like, like like okay, it was it wasn't okay. So disclaimer: um, Zack Snyder's Justice League is amazing, the theatrical one. You know, I'm probably the biggest Batman fan on like out of the three of us. It was awful, and I it was it was awful. But the one thing they did well was when. There was one part for like a solo part for Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman. They played a part of Danny Elfman's part for um theme for the nineteen eighty nine Batman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, yeah, that's great. But I think that that would have worked better if it was in Flashpoint because Michael Keaton's actually coming back. Yeah. So that's I think good. By the way, you know, before that came out, we have this one, and I think they did that perfectly. That it's mm-hmm. it is Tom Holland's movie, but. Everybody who goes into this has their own Spider-Man. And that's what I loved about it, that each time that you had the one Spider-Man on screen or the one that was able to have those throwbacks to the fan service aspects of it, it was still there. Like, it was carefully done.
1: I don't think the other spider man overshadowed Tom Holland either, which I thought was was maybe going to be a balance that was like they tried to hit. But I, I thought they did really good. You know what else I liked? People, like, I think you gotta, like, would would sometimes forget about is Peter's a giant nerd. So, like, seeing all three of the Peter Parkers in the lab working on all their, like, the science projects and, like, the cures for the villains, I thought was so neat. This is one of those things, like, "Ah, I like what you're doing here. I really, really like this. Um, what else was really, really, really nice? Um, yeah, because, again, like, science is so, such a part of Peter's character. Um, just seeing all three of them together, like uh, this is the first movie I've been to when it's like a raucous crowd normally I don't like it but like when when Andrew Garfield popped like you could you could tell it was about to happen and when he takes the mask off it was so and then it's like Peter Parker and you know Toby's coming it it made the movie 10 times better
2: Yeah I think so too that I've mentioned it before. It's funny. I'm I'm bringing back all the stories I told you guys when we were together on Friday, but it is true. When, to, when you're in this moment, when you want to watch these movies on the first day and get those types of reactions, especially when there's the big reveals, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird when you don't get it. Cause I think I told you when I first watched Endgame, I just waited so long for it to, to not watch it because basically it was sold out everywhere and I'm like yeah I'll watch it when I watch it and then I eventually watched it when I was working at Ted Rogers and my boss is like yeah just come back whenever so I'm like yeah whatever I just watched Endgame and to watch it and see those big reveals and just have your, you and like an elderly couple on the left over there
1: spoiler alert for Endgame I wish I had been in a full theater of hyped fans when Captain America picked up Thor's hammer. Because I had to stop myself from freaking out in the in the in the theater. Yeah. It was so good. It was it was like this is so cool. And you know what? It helps is you can tell that the ones especially cheering for Toby, it's kids. Like again, this is what I always stand by. This the reason I will always have a benefit of the doubt for DCs. I grew up watching the Justice League cartoons, right. And but I'll also have a great for Marvel for like mainly the X-Men and and Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is just such a like I could care less about the Eternals. I could care less about about Hawkeye or any of them. But you can say Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Okay. Hawkeye. But if you give me my Spider-Man. I will watch it all day because that is like just me being a, a kid again. And you can feel it in the theater. It was really cool. Um, what I'm not going to
2: lie. Okay, so we're going to move on with this. But I personally, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I think, you know, we have three different options with the Spider-Man. But I feel like the way we are, our personalities, the way we like things, the way we talk about things, I think Spider-Man is the most relatable superhero for us.
1: Dude, a 100- hundred. Okay, Listen. I love Tom Holland's Spider-Man. The moment he showed up with some Lego. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's as simple as that. Okay. And you know, the other ones, they're just, yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Um, what else was, was just stupid, amazing. Um, talking about the other Spider-Man, Tom Holland again, I thought his acting like it was great. Especially after Aunt May's death. And do you know what was cool about that whole sequence? is they've been sitting on the with great power comes great responsibility line with with Tom Holland for three movies and they used it at the perfect time they did because they've been kind of spacious when it comes to Uncle Ben because it's been so played out in all the other movies but they nailed using it and the way it like kind of connects Toby and Tom and then they mentioned the same thing with more of like with Gwen with Andrew Garfield Oh, they, they nailed it. It was the Triforce coming together. They really did a good job.
2: They did. And can we talk about that part? Um, that part was done so well, but it's- it annoyed me in a good way. Like, uh, I, I think that, like, after all the years, you know, all the other movies we've watched him, and we love Willem Dafoe. We just can say that. We love Willem Dafoe. Yes. As an actor. Yes. But I felt like a kid again where he came back as Goblet and I'm like, oh, you actually annoy me the same way when I was a little kid. Like, when he, yeah. you're a horrible person
1: oh yeah when he throws uh every time he throws one of his uh his yeah. goblin bombs i'm like oh I, mm. but he's you know what? they goblin we'll get to goblin later because i thought they the kids need to understand that goblin is like the villain for spider-man and they did whether they did so much depth for, for green goblin i love dr strange when he sees all three spider-man he's like He's thinking, like, what's happened? <laughs> what, I can, the, the Sorcerer Supreme is going to lose it on me here. Like, the Wang's going to be like, what have you done here, Strange? But it's just, like, just the moment where, where they come down and they're doing all their flips to see Peter. It's just, uh, and we, you're, well, we're all waiting for that one scene, the money shot of all three of them together in their suits. Oh, it was so nice. Um, And, yeah, some of the villains, obviously, everyone had their guy. Andrew Garfield had Lizard and Electro. Lizard was fine, I guess. Toby had Doc Oct, uh, Doc Ock, who was great. Um, Flint Marco, Norman Osborne, but we'll talk about Norman Osborne because mean more they kind of became Tom Holland's character or like big nemesis there. Yeah, First yeah. off, they made him less campy and they made him terrifying.
2: Yeah, they made him a jerk.
1: But they made there was sympathy for Norman, because they really played off the mental thing of the goblin. Which I don't think they really did at all. Like, it was kind of passing, Carrie, please. It was kind of passing, especially with Harry 2 in the second, in the the third movie. But they really, like, something that I think is going to be a passing moment if they ever go back and visit the old movies was as Norman's about to go back and he says, Peter, what have I done? Because he realizes, you know, Aunt May's dead. And the Statue of Liberty is in pieces around him and Captain America's side shield. It's. It's insane. You did a great job. I did the, Oh, I think Daniel lagged. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. We'll be... Oh, wait, Daniel, you back? I'm back. Okay, good. Yeah, no. So, yeah, they did Green Goblin really, really well. What'd you think?
2: Yeah, I... Oh, my gosh. Like, again, it's just like the throwback to all of it where... I think I took him for granted as a little kid because I watched... I watched those Spider-Mans like crazy... Yeah, As a kid, like I think Spider-Man two was one of my Christmas gifts in elementary school. And man, like I, I think I took it for granted that I saw the goblin so many times that even in when I was started reading the comic books, it was always the goblin and it was really refreshing that it was the same familiar one, but a new take on it. Like the part where the Spidey senses happen yeah, he's figuring it out. Yeah. He's figuring it all. Out. I was like, "Oh, I made a mistake. What did I do?" And it's like, I let this guy. Tr- I trusted this guy.
1: Yeah, it's. I like at first, like I, I didn't like when Willem Dafoe smashes the goblin helmet because I just wanted to see it back for a while. But when you see like Odd Norman's face as the goblin with the equipment, you kind of realize, okay, so it does a better job of showing this dichotomy of like the goblin and Norman. By the way, those Spider-Man villains love experimenting on themselves, don't they? Shout out to yeah. you, uh, Mr. Lizard. Okay, John Jonah Jameson was great in the way that I hated him so much. I wanted to... It was legit. annoying. Uh, yeah, I he know. was. He was annoying. I was like, man, did you, you not... No, it makes, but, uh,
2: He makes me not trust the media. I, just, I will never work uh, in the media. Uh, no, uh, no I'm, uh, I'm lying. We love the media. Yeah. When it's done correctly.
1: So here's what i wanted where were my john john the jameson's from the other universe
2: yeah where was his son going in the space shuttle with the symbiote on it
1: so okay good question here okay we're gonna okay post-credit scene number two was was the strange uh stuff um by the way it aunt was may's strange, death, yes yeah um aunt may's death was the saddest in any spider-man movie
2: like, i agree kind of like that Okay this is something I wrote in the notes This is one of the things I wanted to really focus on with that part Because we talked about the goblin part We talked about how it led to Atme's death But for me it was To be honest This was more tragic and we've mentioned the Uncle Ben's We've mentioned the other characters that have died But for me I think this was the heaviest Because In a way we grew up with this Atme With Marissa Tomei's Atme She first appeared In Civil War and that was five years ago Guys
1: Oh yeah, I forgot there's that clip where he just shows up and he's like, are you hitting know my aunt? Because you think about it, Uncle Ben in the other two movies is there for like a second. Yeah, Aunt May is like nothing in Amazing Spider-Man. She's a horrible family member in the Sam Raimi one. She's awful. This Aunt May was easily... And it's like, why is his aunt like the age of a great-grandmother in the Sam Raimi ones too?
2: Yeah, I never got that.
1: <laughs> it's, but no, they, they did the good. You mentioned the symbiote, by the way. So in the post-credit scene, Tom Hardy is in a bar, drunk, saying th- some things about Thanos. He disappears, and you're like, "Oh no, what's?" Because in the- apparently in Venom 2's post-credit scene, you see him watching a TV, and he sees Peter Parker, and it's Tom Holland. But as so, he disappears back in his own universe, like all the the villains did. But you see a bit of the symbiote, and it starts moving. So Venom is there. The symbiote, the Venom symbiote, is there. So I- it's a question of okay. Who's going to be Venom because it's not Tom Hardy? And I wonder if this is... I i i don't know if this is a thing of like... Is there something in Tom Hardy's contract? Is he going to go do James <laughs> Bond now so he didn't want to do that? Like, I, I, but yeah, who's going to be... First off, Venom,
2: Spider-Man. Let's go. Yeah. Second
1: off, who the hell's playing Venom now?
2: The symbiote will play him.
1: It's just the symbiote. It's just the it's symbiote, like a, yeah. It's like a thing of Peter. Yeah, but you know what? There's got to be someone to go against. Okay, this
2: is one thing I guess. Okay, so the, (laughs) I keep saying this, I've mentioned it before to you guys, but for me, and I think a lot of people, the best comic book run for me for Spider-Man was when Todd McFarlane worked on it in the 80s. Mm -hmm. And that's when he had like, he introduced Venom, he introduced Carnage. um, And, oh no, he did not introduce Carnage, sorry. And, um, they played out that storyline so well in the comic books that it was just rushed in spider-man three and it was just kind of that's the only iteration we have of a spider-man venom thing so my idea of it is why not just split it like maybe and this is what they did with um in the comic books as well and i know you have more liberty with it but why not have like a spider-man where he just has to symbiote for a movie
1: my dog is being extra lippy, but th- th- what you can also have is like, oh, there's gonna be some noise in a second. Is like, you like I think there's like a recent like Marvel thing of like the symbiote taking like trying to work with Hulk. Yeah. You can have the Avengers working with with Venom, and like because like the Marvel ones are now in like the outer space galaxy phase, you can run into the other symbiotes too because there's tons yeah. of them. So the work is there. Okay, ending of the movie. Peter sacrifices all his relationships. Happy, MJ, everything. I do have questions. So does Ned? So yeah, Ned, does Happy still know that Spider-Man's a thing, man Like, what's up? What's up with Stark Industries, by the way? Is it just gone now because Mysterio died? Like, and they they got There's a lot of questions that I have about Stark Industries. Um, but he sacrifices his relationships for the greater good. His friends are going to MIT. Maybe you it's could cool. have cut the runtime by 10-15 minutes of less mit stuff but i digress but it's a really somber ending
2: it is and it's um the emperor i think <laughs> there's two ways you can see it is it's, it's it, it it is is a necessary thing Because with tom holland mentioned that he was going to think about taking a break from acting so this could end off it's like okay so this is where we are but at the same time it's there's enough there where And then we're not just including the Tom Hardy part, but there's enough there that when he comes back, it's like, okay, where were we? And we could do this.
1: It's Here's the thing. They're not going to stop making Spider-Man. No, they're not. But if you ended Spider-Man here, this would be the perfect bow on the franchise. Because there is good resolution going back to Spider-Man 2. Uh, sorry, the same amazing Spider-Man series. Um, oh god, the dogs are really going. I'll try and power through this. Uh, the same Ramy ones. There's resolution there. Uh, by the way, it was really nice seeing Doc Ock and and um, and freaking not Sam Raimi. Uh Toby. Toby. Like being like, oh my dear boy, because they were a cool relationship. Um, but like, if you ended it here, it's perfect. It's such a great ending. Mm. Um, okay, amongst all the Spider-Man movies you've seen. Yes. Where does this rank? Ooh. Because um, I don't care if I just saw it, I'm putting it number one. This is like one of my top three movies of all time.
2: i put it number two. Behind? Into the Spider-Verse.
1: Okay. They, uh, fair enough. I haven't seen those ones yet, so.
2: That's so, I don't know, that one was. I've heard it's very good. It is really good. Okay, um, amongst all Marvel movies. Oh, uh, like, okay, so like the cinematic universe or all Marvel movies ever?
1: C- cinematic. Yeah, the okay. ones that matter.
2: I'll put this. What? No, Blade Two matters, but okay. Anyways, um, different. Okay, but yeah. Um, but cinematic universe. Um, I'll put this number two behind Thor Ragnarok. Really? Yes, so I love. I think- yeah, that's my favorite. Like that. That's probably like the only cinematic universe Marvel movie that's like on my top twenty list.
1: I think my top five marvels are in no particular order because I'm not gonna do it. Um, Winter Soldier, Ragnarok, cause that's a really good. It's so funny. Um, No Way Home, Infinity War, Endgame are like my top five.
2: Okay, I think mine are Thor Ragnarok, Away from Home. Yeah. Um, Infinity War, Winter Soldier. And what else did I really like? There's one. Which one did I really really like?
1: Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> no, it's awful. No,
2: um, Incredible Hulk. Really? Yes, I really? loved. I love Edward Norton. Um, it's fun awful. Fact. What? No, it's great with Edward Norton. Yeah, I like, With Abomination, it's filmed in Toronto. And? I loved it. That was probably like a top five movie for me. I don't like Mark Ruffalo as Hulk
1: he doesn't feel quite nerdy as banner i'll give you that um no. i did not like fusion hulk in any game i thought it was so dumb uh anyway where is our planet thor stuff where's that oh. when's that happening marvel you cheap bastards um anyway <laughs> um disney you're gonna get lego sales from this i love so you know how they're the, at, at the end of the movie like they have like peter puts up his lego empire emperor mm-hmm. Um, I saw people saying like, "Oh, here is this raising like they did the, this big philosophical reference," and I just kind of thought they're releasing this in the middle of December and Christmas is coming up. I think Disney's going to want the product placements. Anyway,
2: um, I know um, Alex is probably to comment, comment on this later. Yeah, but uh, he even mentioned if we had more time on Friday, we were going to all go Lego shopping.
1: Oh, of course, and he was going to yeah. pay for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. He was actually yeah, going to yeah. buy me the Star Destroyer. That was thousand dollars.
2: Just, just to nice. be clear, just to be clear, I
0: never <laughs> said that.
2: He said something about a Republic gunship. I don't remember that. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> uh, and with that, we're going to end today's episode. Oh, one more thing. Sorry for Spider Man. I didn't get to mention it in my notes. Okay. I love Ned. Um, I always want to see a Filipino character. In a Marvel movie, and then when his Lola, which means grandmother, um started speaking to Galug in their house about cleaning the house when the Spider Spider-Man came, that, that was a great moment for me.
1: I was curious as to what they were speaking, so that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, sorry Daniel that but anytime something cool happened, I nudged you because I'm like, oh, I know
2: you were freaking out. It's, it's okay. Toby.
1: I was losing it. I was absolutely losing it. Um but it was fun. Okay.
2: We're going to talk about this again when Alex is ready.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like we did, but hopefully it's not six episodes down the line like someone in the the Leafs documentary. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. All right. All uh, right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Wherever you can download it, download the episode and listen to it on the go. We're trying to get up the downloads too. Never forget. Um, check out all our stuff individually, social media all that. Especially check out the TikTok. Let us know. What did you think of Endgame? Not Endgame, but that was a good movie. What did you think of No Way Home? Because it was so good. Oh, something I forgot to mention. The Spider-Man Doctor Strange fight was so cool.
2: That was cool.
0: And that's it.